said, give me a hell yeah. I said, give me a hell yeah. What up, everybody? This is Double G for the Fight Game Podcast. Tonight, we're bringing on my old buddy Jason Hagholm to talk about uh, UFC 219, a little bit of Wrestle Kingdom 12 preview, but we're also going to dig into our picks for uh, some awards in the in the in the pro wrestling category. Um, on Fight Game Blog, I, I do three versions of awards, and we've been doing this for the last I don't know seven or eight years. Um, and I, I wanted to get Jason's choices. I'll probably keep my choices a little vague. I haven't completely figured them out yet, but I will post mine uh, sometime after you hear this. But I did want to get Jason's choices, so we're going to do that, all of that, on this podcast. Uh, Jason, what's going on? Not much, man. Hard to believe it's the end of 2017 in a few days, and... Uh... Quite an interesting year in the realm of combat sports, as everyone is now put, picking their uh, awards, whether you're listening to wrestling podcasts, radio shows, or MMA-specific, even boxing stuff. It's it's coming to an end, and uh, I think we did have a very interesting year, to say the least, in the realm of combat sports in the year 2017. Um, are you – how do I say this? As you look back on – Pro wrestling specifically in 2017, uh, how, how do you think that year ranks compared to other years in the past? And, you know, you can, you know, uh, you, you've been following this stuff since you were a little kid. Um, uh, it, when it comes to matches and, you know, just the overall how WWE is doing and big shows and that stuff, how, how do you look back at 2017? I think 2017 will be remembered more so as uh, a solid year for uh, the international landscape. Like, obviously, I think for New Japan making a footprint in North America, this was maybe their best year. I mean, they held a couple shows in Los Angeles this year, and they're coming back in 2018 to do that. A lot of success there. Um, I mean, I still – I just felt it was a lot solid year for – uh, the Japanese promotions or even a ring of honor. I think WWE always starts out well. And then by the point after WrestleMania, um, I mean, they, they did get you some intrigue, like with Jinder Mahal winning the WWE championship in May uh, from Randy Orton, but that kind of subsided a little bit. And then uh, they just felt a little bit desperate as a company, like bringing the shield back and maybe it being too soon for them to do that. And just, not a lot of super intrigue. There were a lot of great matches and great things, but I don't think WWE as a whole as a product is going to stand out that well compared to uh, a New Japan product or even what Ring of Honor was doing or even obviously PWG just once again having another stellar year. So when you look back, and, and we can actually start with some of the awards, <clears throat> when you look back at uh, for one singular wrestler, I would consider – um, MVP and most outstanding wrestler to probably be two different things. Like for instance, Brock Lesnar 
or John Cena to an extent are probably higher ranked on an MVP list for WWE because they bring in so much from a box office and house show and a, and and a pay-per-view uh, level WWE network. But for most outstanding, you'd probably go with, you know, someone like AJ Styles um, because of just his in-the-ring work is, is, is so much better than, than just about everyone in that company. Um, so that's the difference. We don't ha- I don't have an MVP award, but I do have a most outstanding. So I wanted you to think about, or when I, you know, when I sent you a note yesterday, you know, think about who would be most outstanding. When it comes to uh, overall in-ring for the year 2017 in any wrestling company, who were you thinking about as far as, uh, as, far as your pick? Well, for me, uh, my most outstanding wrestlers are really they come down to two guys. And you mentioned one of them before. That'd be AJ Styles. I mean, WWE letting AJ Styles do AJ Styles things in their company since they brought him in back at the beginning of 2016. I didn't think he'd be able to hang at the level or that he'd be given the opportunity to be where he's at right now. But clearly the company realizes that he's the next generation uh, Shawn Michaels for them. And he, once again, he's just had sensational matches, whether it was at John Cena in the Royal Rumble uh, this past year, this past January, a lot of his matches with his match with Shane McMahon uh, at WrestleMania. And, and then in between with his stuff with Kevin Owens and, and that Finn Balor match that was just thrown together at the pay-per-view. And I believe October, November, I mean, this is a guy that's just putting on solid matches in and out, um, definitely gave Jinder Mahal the best match he had as a champion, even though he, uh, they had Jinder losing the championship to him. Definitely, I think AJ would definitely be like a 1A, and my 1B is uh, Kenny Omega f- uh, for New Japan. I mean, this is a guy that I think I've known for a long time, had a lot of talent to take his skills to this level, but given the opportunities he had, I mean, his matches alone with Okada this year were out of this world, really, I think, helped reinvent what a solid match is in uh, pro wrestling in the modern days and age today. And, I mean, you know, he's now the first ever uh, New Japan U.S. champion. They realized the value with him there. And now, and as well, just heading into 2018, he's wrestling Chris Jericho in New <laughs> Japan for one of the most talked about matches that is going into the year. And I think a lot of the eyeballs, obviously, for this year's Wrestle Kingdom show are on Chris Jericho, Kenny Omega. So really, I would have to have two, and it's like 1A, 1B, Kenny Omega and, and AJ Styles. Yeah, I, I will. I do want to get your thoughts on that match uh, as we go, as we get into the show and we talk about the New Japan show. Um, the one thing that's interesting to me is uh, no actual uh, Japanese wrestlers considering that, you know, when it comes to New Japan, the guy who Omega was having these matches with, whether it's Okada or Naito, um, you know, those those guys had phenomenal years too. And, and you know, I'm, I, my pick is probably going to be Kazuchika Okada because I thought his uh, his series with um, with Omega was was fantastic. Um, I thought just in the G one. Um, you know, he was, he was day in and day out, just fantastic. Uh, and, and like from an overall, just like champion standpoint, like, I don't know if we've, we've seen an actual champion who wrestles the high quality matches that he does and also presents himself in the, in the sort of the star fashion that he does. Um, I don't know, maybe since like, 
I mean, I don't want to go back and say flair, but you know that that's that's kind of who I would think about. I'm sure we could come up with some some better some better you know you know Triple H in a in a, in a year a specific year to probably was at that level, but um, yeah, like I, I, that's probably gonna be my pick. But um, any specific reason Omega over Okada or uh, AJ over Okada? Honestly, it's uh, I think it's you know stepping their their games up to an extent. I mean. Not just denying, Okada is obviously one of the best wrestlers on planet Earth right now uh, and has been for the, at least the past five years. But I think Kenny Omega did more out of the, got more out of the losses to Okada than maybe he would have with the wins. And I think that helps elevate him to a, a different standard right now. And for AJ Styles, I mean, they've just put thrown him the ball, like I said, as being the best worker in the company where whatever program he's put in, they're expecting him to have the best matches. I mean, that's really started since uh, WrestleMania when, you know, WWE trusted uh, Vince McMahon's son to work with him for just to, to start the show, and have a solid match. And that's something that they exactly did. And from that point on, uh, AJ's been uh a joy to watch not that he wasn't before he's been one of my favorite wrestlers and at a point when i first discovered aj styles i mean he's the guy that helped keep me watching uh pro wrestling as a whole um and, and he's maybe not as much the high-flying flashy guy i mean he still can do that but he's more into the story arc like his time in japan really helped smooth out that road and right he's just taking himself to another level right now so i don't know if i can differentiate uh, omega and styles right now but I think if, you know, obviously MVPs are more maybe uh, buy rates and uh, in revenue that they bring in. I think Omega in his own right is doing that and same yep. with Styles, but um, outstanding normally goes for the best workers. And yep. I think when I look at New Japan and WWE, those guys are the best workers that each respective company has. So uh, let's look at show of the year. Um you know, especially in New Japan, there were some tremendous shows. The NXT brand for WWE uh, had some excellent shows. I don't know what I would actually pick for WWE, the parent company show of the year. I feel like um, a lot of the big shows actually uh, were slightly disappointing. Like you can go back to Survivor Series, uh, even WrestleMania to an extent. Uh, WrestleMania started out so hot and it kind of just it was just a little bit too long. Um, but yeah, like what, what, what are some of the shows that, that you thought were top, were top of the line this year? Well, you know, when I look back at WrestleMania, um, I, I felt definitely WrestleMania was one of the better WWE shows. I mean, it's the one they always have to go out of and hit the big home run. Eh, you know what? To an extent they did. I mean, was there some terrible moments? Sure. That entire Bray Wyatt, Randy Orton thing was on that show. <laughs> that, uh, you can sweep under the rug at how bad it was. But when I look back at WrestleMania 33, I mean, you had Jericho, Kevin Owens, which was, I thought, really good. I mentioned before Styles McMahon. I thought Seth Rollins and Triple H had maybe the best match on the show. Uh, the Hardy Boys returned to one of the loudest reactions I've ever heard uh, in a WWE event uh, since my fandom began. So I'd say that would definitely be up there. Um, NXT's Brooklyn show I thought was was really well. I mean, Johnny Gargano and uh, Cien Almas had maybe one of the best WWE matches this year, and it was the thing that started things off. So, 
Um, I don't know. I mean, show of the year, there was a lot of good ones. I mean, it, there's so much to choose from, from New Japan as well. Um, uh, Battle of Los Angeles, the last night, I think was a solid show as well, especially with, uh, you know, the guy that ends up winning that tournament uh, really gets the, a big boost in their career. And I think that same thing happened uh, as continues to happen with uh, Bola ending that way. So I felt that that's would be one of my, my, my shows of the year. I don't know if I can pick one specific, but those would be some of my favorite shows from this year. Yeah. I'm trying to remember what my favorite show was from new Japan. Um, I, I mean, the, the, the one that stands out the most is, is the, the, uh, dominion. So the dominion show with, uh, with the second Okada Omega match. Uh, because Tanahashi and Naito was was right before that, and that was also excellent. Um, so that would probably be my pick. Again, I'm not 100% sure what I'm going to vote for. I, I will have that uh, down in, in a post very soon. But, you know, there was a lot of really good shows, and I, I actually went to both of the Long Beach shows for New Japan. I was there in person, and those were really cool uh, in person to see. Uh, really, you know, pretty strong matches, but the live atmosphere was was excellent. Uh, the seating arrangement kind of sucked, but um, you know, just the idea of these hardcore New Japan fans, as well as people who were kind of thinking like this is kind of a hot ticket, so I want to be there. Like that made for a really fun atmosphere. Um, did you go to any uh, any live WWE shows this year? I went to one house show in the summer at the beginning of August, and was it. it was oh that was just it yeah not much. Uh, didn't get to go to Ring of Honor. They make now one stop in Toronto, and it's always a way better experience. Um, didn't go to that was the only one I went to, and you know what? It was it was okay. It was <laughs> not that enjoyable. There were some good matches on there like. Uh, it was uh, Seth Rollins and Dean Ambrose, like when they started to reform them up. Oh, I can't even. Oh, I think they worked. Oh, they worked um, Gallows and Anderson. That was a really good match on that show. Uh, but nothing really stood out. But that was about it that I went to. Didn't get to go to the Raws and Smackdowns in Toronto because those tickets were outrageous. Um, so yeah, that was about it for me. I mean, I, I'm jealous that you got to go to those new Japan shows. I think I'm going to be going back too. uh, they, they're only doing one show this year and it's, I think it's on a Sunday, but, uh, but I think I'm going to go to that one too. You know, it's, it's a five hour drive or whatever from, from where I live. So it's not too bad. Um, but yeah, just, just, just a fun, sh- a fun event. It, it felt more like an event, but you know what else felt like an event and actually was an event was uh, the G1 like keeping up with the G1 this year was uh ex- both a exhausting um and b uh just like if you were if you were cuz there was a few of us who who were keeping up with with every day and um just the just fun just talking and talking wrestling and saying oh did you what did you think about this match what did you think about this match that was a blast um so that wasn't necessarily one day though the finals and uh, i guess the the last two two or three shows they were pretty stacked and, and i just remember those being really fun um you know i didn't go to any wwe shows this year raw was in san jose there was a pay-per-view in san jose maybe it was payback um but i just have no 
you know, when you go to Raw, you basically have to say, okay, I'm going to sit here for four hours. And that's not necessarily what I think is fun because those Raw shows, uh, the three-hour Raw shows, I feel like are some of the slowest wrestling shows out there. And I, I I don't have fun at those shows, so I just I just don't go. But the SmackDown ones are, are actually a lot more fun because they're they're you know you don't have to waste so much time. Well, um, my girlfriend, I guess fiance now, uh, she's like, I really hope we don't go to a Raw house show anymore or anything <laughs> like that, because I think we've seen like Raw too many times. We've seen a lot of the same people, and yeah. with SmackDown, I think. For for her, because I took her to Ring of Honor shows when AJ Styles was working the split with New Japan. So she kind of wants to see him in a WWE ring, at live at least, because she's yeah. seen him in person a couple times. Um, and now Adam Cole, uh, because one of her friends or that she grew up in high school, it's a big guy in the independent scenes up here. So he knows, like, he's a good friend with Adam Cole, and they, she would like to see him uh, in NXT or something if they have a show up here. I mean, there is a year-end show in Toronto, but I'm not going to be here, and not not that I would want to go to a WWE show on the second last day of 2017. But, I mean, the biggest event I guess I went to is I went to the Mayweather-McGregor press conference in Toronto. That was pretty amazing. Um, so, the here, here's, a, here's a good one. Uh, match of the year, and you know, if I look back uh, to great matches, um, anything in WWE or NXT probably ranks uh, pretty low for me. And, I, and I'm trying to think of what I even thought was my favorite WWE match this year. And so it, it, it is really heavy New Japan. Um, but, uh, but, but what do you think? Was there – because you, know, you may have a different opinion than me as far as where, where WWE ranks on some of these lists. But – what was your match of the year? Because to me, it's heavy. It's heavy New Japan, but you know, you you may have a WWE match slip in there. Oh no, my match of the year is like it's really like pick pick which one was it uh, the first Okada Omega or was it the second Okada Omega? I mean, that's really where it's at. But my favorite WWE match from this year uh, would be. Honestly, the pre-show tag match between the Usos and the New Day at SummerSlam was maybe one of my favorite matches. It just told an epic story back and forth, high spot after high spot. Crowd was on a roller coaster of emotions. And then I think a lot of people were kind of shocked that the Usos ended up beating the New Day to win the tag titles. So that may be one of my favorite matches. And uh, Cena AJ at the Royal Rumble, like I said before, was just excellent. A lot of people love that match. And you know what I got out of that match was um, that was John Cena trying to keep up with indies because <laughs> <laughs> it was it was just like no selling uh, you know just, it was it was like an indie match and I think it was like John Cena going okay 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 you guys want to see you know uh, uh, you want to see if I can keep up here how oh, well I can keep up and I was like eh it was it was all right. Um, but you know what I like about WWE matches in general, especially the the title matches, is I like the selling and I like the, um, you know the 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 long drawn out you know hope spots and stuff. And it's funny to me when WWE tries to copy indies, which they do with a lot of a lot of like the Brock Lesnar matches too, where it's just like big spot, big spot, big spot finish. Um, what did you think about 
Now, I haven't seen the other two. I've only seen the first Pete Dunne and Tyler Bate match, but I heard that the other two were really good as well. But I think that may have been my favorite WWE match of the year. Yeah, the first one, definitely. That was just on the, one of those NXT shows, and, I mean, JR called it. Uh, it's, yeah, that was just something out of this world, just a mix of, like, old-school British style with a lot of the MMA-type stuff thrown in there as well. That match was definitely great. I think I think a lot of myself, I definitely forgot about that one. I, I as well as you, I haven't seen the one or the second or third one, but the first one was just so great. It's just a shame that they couldn't uh, get more of those guys on TV because I think a lot of people just not seeing them enough forget how great those matches were. Yeah, I, I wish they could do something more with those guys. I know you know they were kind of signed up so that. Uh, you know, TNA didn't get, didn't, didn't, wasn't able to do stuff uh, over there. But um, I really wish, like, I, like, why is Pete Dunne just not sort of NXT champion instead of, you know, this, this weird UK championship thing? I don't know. I wish, I wish both of those guys would be better in the mix on those shows. Um, yeah, I have no idea what the plan. Obviously, we know why they started that UK thing, but. Literally, like, there's no plan for it. It's just, oh, you're the UK champion. What does yeah. that mean? That's like being the hardcore champion in today's day and age in terms of what the title means. But Pete Dunne is so good, and I really wish that he could be, at least in the running, I'd love to see a CN Almas Pete Dunne match. I, um, I think they had one, too, but again, in a more high-leveled high uh, feud. Yeah, yeah. No, they, they'd have some great matches. Um as far as the breakout star of the year, so somebody who kind of took it to the next level uh, in 2017 from where they were previously, sort of interested in your take on this one. Because my thoughts on this, uh, sometimes I think to where like sometimes it's like an indie coming to like a, 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 like a WWE or an NXT and kind of getting a new audience, but other times I'm just like, Oh, it's like WWE just decided to use someone a little bit better. And now they're, you know, they're, they're, they're doing really well. What are your thoughts on that one? I think in that category, it's, I'd still have to say the Miz. I mean, I think the Miz really broke out a lot last year, but he just continues to go up the ranks with a lot of the, the programming he has, not necessarily on WWE TV, but, you know, what stuff he does on Twitter or what have you. I think he's a solid breakout guy. And another one, I guess, would be, would be Jeff Cobb. I mean, he wins PWG's uh, BOLA. I mean, and then now he, t- he elevates his career by going to the next step. He's, you know, getting booked on some New Japan shows. I think the future is really bright uh, for uh, Jeff Cobb. He's obviously a... Uh, solid, uh, solid, solid worker. I mean, there's been a lot of guys that really broke out uh, in 2017. Uh, this was a good year. I think Cody Rhodes as well would have to be another one who really elevated himself with uh, his time in Ring of Honor, New Japan, and as well what he did on a lot of the indies. He would definitely be Co- yeah. one of my Cody's other a great guys. One. Cody's a great one. Yeah, Cody uh, definitely took himself to another level. So just um, the only I'm only going to correct you because some people are going to listen to this and go, what is Jason talking about? Jeff Cobb didn't win Bola. He was in the finals, but Ricochet is the one who actually who actually oh. won, won Bola. 
Yes. So you were he close. Was, you were close. He was in the finals, but I thought for sure I thought he won. Yeah. I thought he did. I, I uh, was uh, I, mean, I am an idiot. When I saw that he was that he was in the finals, I was I was hoping I was hoping, but he 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 yeah he did win. He they did a they did a triple threat at the finals, and uh, I think it's actually elimination match. And so the finals yeah. actually came down to Ricochet and Keith Lee, and Ricochet won the match. And Keith Lee's another one that had a breakout year too. Yeah, he's got to be in. Uh, he's got to be on WWE's radar from what I from what I can guess. I would hope so. I mean, this is a man that's like. 350 pounds that can fly like nothing else and he just makes those big man little man matches that much more intense so this last award uh i have re renamed it the who's next award so sort of like who do you expect to take it to the next level uh, previously we called it like big things in 2017 or so who's next who's gonna take that next step in your mind like who's ready to just be the next superstar or who's ready to to get on people's radars in 2018 i really hope Sami Zayn's one of those guys he's just i think finding a niche with himself in this heel role and if he if they find a way to maybe make him be the one to turn on Kevin Owens or something as as a change, I think that could work out. Obviously, I hope they don't do anything drastic in the next month or so. But Sammy's always been a guy that's been beyond talented. And I think that uh, they can really do something with him as you know a guy of the future. Um, I think Roderick Strong could be a guy or Johnny Gargano in NXT. They seem like guys that are ready to break out as well. Um, so those would be some of my choices. I don't know. What do you think? Yeah, that's a, that's a hard one because, um, like, for instance, last year, the person who I thought was this guy, his name is Carl Fredericks, and he's out here on the, on the West Coast. And I think he's probably heading to WWE NXT at some point. So I was probably a year early on him, um, but also previously I, I had Jeff Cobb in this in this award. And usually I, what I do is I pick someone who's kind of younger or or maybe not yet reached Sami Zayn status, and you know because you're looking at Sami Zayn taking it to even the next level. Um, so yeah, this one's a little, this one's hard. I, I really have to to think this one through a little bit more before I can um, before I can pick, but. Um, I, I'm usually looking for someone who's who's maybe uh, at, at a smaller level and then goes to a bigger company. I mean, legitimately, I could take Jeff Cobb again because you know he's in he's at New Japan now. You know, I'm sure he's on ROH's radar. You know, I'm sure he I'm sure New Japan is like, wow, we want to bring this guy back for more tours in 2018. So he would definitely be someone who, who would be up for it again. Um, but just taking it to that next level, I'm not sure. I have to. I have to think about that one. It, it, it's it's always the one that I have the hardest time with because you're basically what you're trying to do is you're trying to predict how people are used. And like you said with Sami Zayn, I, Vince McMahon just for whatever reason doesn't really respect him. And uh, yeah, and and I gather that he's a little annoying to some of those guys because he's sort of like an ideas guy. You know, he's always got ideas. Um, yeah, and so. 
so yeah, it, it's it's an it's an interesting one. And all, I mean, you got guys in New Japan like uh, Kitamura, who's that big old buff dude. But you also know that New Japan's way is uh, is taking those guys and like maybe. Um, sending them away to, to get more season before they come back. I mean, you could look at someone like Jay White and say, okay, he's going to break out, but that's because we know that New Japan is, is kind of pushing him right now, so that's sort of like a predictable one, um, you know, because he's, pro- you know, he's, got, he's got the match, the big match with Tanahashi at uh, Russell Kingdom. Yeah, so yeah, I'll have to think about that one a little bit more before I actually write it down. Just uh, sitting here thinking on the year that was – I guess to add to a lot of the guys that had breakout years, one of my breakout year guys would be uh, Joey Janela too. Like this is a guy that like I think was booked on practically every major indie. He was a replacement in the Bola tournament and for the Bola shows. I mean, I've I got to see him uh, wrestle Scott Steiner at like this random show, uh, like in my hometown and i mean super super nice guy as well but this is a guy that really has been busting his ass uh up there working with all like all the realm of people your top stars on the indies now he even ran his own show uh for wrestlemania weekend joey janela's spring break i mean glacier was on the thing he worked marty janetti i mean this guy is just doing all the all the stuff right now he's one of the most popular guys right now on social media too uh speaks his mind i think joey janela is a guy that uh you know for, really turned himself into a, a true professional wrestler in some sense to a lot of people he was a you know a czw death match kind of guy and he still does all that stuff but he doesn't focus to, too much on just the plunder he's a solid professional wrestler and i really look forward to seeing what joey janela has coming for him in 2018 are uh, are you going to WrestleMania this year? Do you think? No, definitely not. No, I'm getting married this year, so can't afford that. Come on, get married at WrestleMania. I see that happen on uh, on WWE TV sometimes. Oh no, I'm not it's, a it's, loser. It's just the engagement. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm not a loser like that. Come on, um, one one day. Except New Orleans does sound amazing. Yeah, because a, a lot of us. Um, you know, Alan doing, uh, they're going to be there. So I'm, I'm trying to see if I can make it work. I may not actually go. If I do go, I may not go for the actual WrestleMania show, but more for the stuff surrounding WrestleMania. That's a lot of fun. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I'm trying cause I just want to, yeah, I just want to hang out with those guys too. Cause you know, I, I get to, yeah. I don't, I don't get to hang out with them that much and I haven't even really met doing in person before. But and so that's that's more or less why I want to go. But yeah, and plus uh, Alan's better half, uh, Sarah, the MVP. She's she's a blast too. Um, okay, so <laughs> so uh, good stuff on that. Um, like I said, our lists uh, for boxing, pro wrestling, and MMA will be up between now and the end of the year. Actually, I may post some of the, those lists on the 2nd of January just because it's a it's a better day to post things than necessarily uh, New Year's Eve or New Year's Day. Um but uh but yeah, let's move on. So UFC's year closes this uh this weekend on Saturday with UFC 219. Um not a not a super super stacked card, but there are some interesting matches on this show. I think the first thing we have to throw out there is 
Do you think Cyborg is making weight? Uh, well, this is the biggest payday of her career. Uh, I would think I think she will make the weight just on that alone. You're not giving up that purse. But this is a woman who has had troubles in the past. I understand that. But I think they basically created this weight class for her. So if she doesn't, that'd be a bad look for her. But I, I think she will. I mean, she's the champion of the weight class now. So I think she'll make the weight. And if she doesn't make the weight, does she automatically get stripped? Yeah, she would forfeit the title. It becomes a title fight, but only Holly Holm could win the title. Got it. Got it. Um, so who are you, who, who do you think wins this, wins this one? Holly Holm is somebody who, uh, sort of strategically is is probably more efficient, um, overall the better fighter, uh, but just doesn't have the ability to rage like Cyborg does. And, uh, you know, Holly, Holly Holm did have to, uh, you know, from a psyche standpoint, get ready for Ronda Rousey and not really be intimidated by, by fighting Ronda Rousey. So, you know, from, from that standpoint, she's probably going to be fairly calm going into the cage with Cyborg where, you know, most women Cyborg fights are are defeated before the bell even rings. Um, But, you know, just that crazy ability for Cyborg to make every fight a brawl. And uh, that leans usually towards her side. What, What do you think about this one? I picked Cyborg to win. I'm gonna I'm gonna roll with her. I mean, Holly Holm is obviously a tremendous mixed martial artist from uh, maybe be, being one of the purest strikers in not just you know women's MMA but MMA as a whole with her boxing background and her kickboxing background. But I think, like you said, at some point this fight will just turn out into a brawl, and Cyborg's going to find a way to connect to her, whether it's going to be a body shot that drops the head or an uppercut or something. I just don't see how Holly Holm can win this fight. I mean, Holly Holm's last opponent, Betch Cohea, does have a similar style here as Chris Cyborg, but she's not as durable as what a Chris Cyborg can be. I mean, have we really seen Cyborg maybe take a solid hit? Maybe not, but Cyborg also just overwhelms people, and I think – I don't know how Holly Holm's going to react to that if she gets overwhelmed. We have saw her have, as you said, a strategic game plan against Ronda Rousey, but Ronda's striking was always in question in that in her whole mixed martial arts career. Betch Cohea can obviously bring out the boom, but nothing like Chris Cyborg. Chris Cyborg's in another realm, and I, I'm taking her to win this fight either by a, a third-round TKO. Yeah, I don't. I don't know the rounds because, I, I you know, I, I I feel like it's probably Holly's in Holly's best interest to weather the storm and and see if Cyborg gets tired. And I could completely see Holly Holm ending this sort of like she ended Ronda Rousey. Um, but I'm probably leaning towards Cyborg winning maybe second round because who who do you think this favors if for whatever reason this does turn into a long fight? I think it would be the advantage if it goes uh, four into the championship rounds. It does favor Holly Holm. We've never really seen Cyborg go long. I think her last fight 
that she did have in the UFC against Tanya Evinger. That was her longest fight, uh, maybe in one of her longest fights since uh, she beat Marlos Kunin for uh, to retain her Invicta, uh, win the inaugural women's uh, championship in Invicta. So, but that's her longest fight she had in the UFC. I do, I do think the cardio it would pan out for Holly Holm just because she seems like the type of girl that can go the distance mm-hmm. if she weathers the storm, but. Uh, she has to do that. She has to weather the storm. And I just don't know if she's met anyone with those gloves, with the power that uh, Chris Cyborg brings. Yeah, that's the that, that, that's that's the, the wild card for me. It's just, man, she, she can just drop anybody at any point. But I, I do think if she gets sloppy, that that Holly Holm is definitely going to be in this fight. But uh, I guess I guess it, it's I think this is all based on. How, uh, how how Cyborg wants to want, wants to fight this? Um, does she take her time? Does she just go go out wildly? Because I think if she does and she doesn't connect, like she leaves herself wide open for for Holly's striking. Um, what do you think about uh, Khabib versus Edson Barboza? We haven't seen Khabib all that much lately because of injuries. He had the fight uh, last year, over actually over a year ago. Uh, when he when he beat Michael Johnson, um, and he he had only fought uh, once previously that year in 2016, and then you have to go all the way back to two years prior um, when he fought. Uh, so it's literally like you know three fights in in, in three years really for him, um, and he you know he's not he's not a a, a super uh, a super young guy. He is 29, uh, and but he fights someone who. Uh, he probably should beat an Edson Barboza, though Edson Barboza is a game fighter every time, and he's also a very exciting fighter. He seems sort of set up for Khabib to to to, to win, but I think it'll be I think it'll be a good fight. Any chance in your mind that Barboza can pull off the upset here? I think Barboza can. He does hit from a lot of interesting angles, and if you are just sleeping for even a millisecond, he'll come with a flying knee or a flying kick. That would just catch anyone. Just look at his last fight against uh, Benel Darouche, where he had that flying knee out of nowhere to really revitalize his career as a serious contender here for uh, the UFC lightweight championship. I think he definitely has the abilities. I mean, as well, the big question is, uh, can Khabib make the weight? I mean, he was supposed to fight Tony Ferguson back April, May. Couldn't had to be taken to the hospital, put on an IV. And then I've even seen reports that Khabib's already been to a hospital, but they're guaranteeing he's going to fight <laughs> this weekend. Oh, so I, I'm not so sure about Khabib in the weight status, because um, if not, I don't know. I mean, Khabib obviously would have to move up to 170 or something to be more natural fitting. But uh, Khabib's a freak of nature. I mean, once he gets a hold of you, he just mauls you into – uh, submission into submission attempts and or into just being tapped by strikes. He's just that type of a fighter that's just all over you. His sambo is absolutely insane. But Barbosa definitely has the ability, I think, to uh, shock the world and really shake up this lightweight division. So uh, Jimmy Rivera's fight got pulled um, because he lost his opponent. Um, and so it doesn't look like he's going to be on this show which moves no, up, which moves up, Cynthia uh, Calvillo versus Carla Esparza to the main card. Um, 
And, you know, they're both the same age, but Carla has a lot more, um, she, she's had a lot more fights and it feels like Calvia should be actually a little younger because she hasn't had that many fights, but she, but she is 30 as well. She's a team alpha male. I think they have, um, they have some high hopes for her, uh, fighting at, at that weight. Uh, what do you think about this one? And, and do you feel like, um, Carla, who, you know, came out of the, 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 uh, the ultimate fighter with the title and has kind of been on a, on a, in a slump since then, do you think she has a chance to get back on her feet here? I mean, everyone's got a chance, but I just think, uh, Cynthia Cal- Calvillo, I think she just really overall, I th- I'm picking her to win this fight. I think, um, the lack of experience, but the quality of fighters that she's faced, uh, really helps her. I mean, she's fought four times this year already. Yeah. will be f- five come Saturday night. I just think that as a whole makes you a, a better fighter. Like iron sharpens ire. I mean, and, and obviously, as you said, you know, she's a team alpha male fighter. Those, uh, male or female fighters are a different breed. Obviously, she's going to try to get things to the ground and and work around here on uh, Esparza, who, you know, Esparza has been up and down since really uh, Joanna just absolutely blasted her a couple years ago to, <laughs> to win the championship for her from her, the strawweight championship. So. I don't know. Uh, I mean, that that is – I think for Carla, she if anyone needs to win the fight, it would be Carla because I don't know where her career can go from here uh, at this high level. But I'm taking Cynthia Calvillo here. I think she's fought so much. She's with maybe the better camp and um, I think she just finds a way to, to grind this one out. Yeah, I mean, I think I think you're right about that. Uh, fighting four times in a year, I think, is probably probably good for her, um, especially this early because she's got a lot of you know she's got to catch up. Being being that she is already thirty, you know, she's got to catch up in experience and and just in in, in being inside the cage. Um, uh, I, I think you're right. Uh, you know, there there's a certain caginess that Carla has, but I think she got a little bit exposed, uh, recently just as far as athleticism and, and how good she really is. I mean, you know, she, she, she lost to, uh, to, to, to random Marcos in February, right? Like that's, that, that's not an opponent she should be losing to. Um, so yeah, you know, I, I think I agree with you on that. The only other fight I wanted to get your thoughts on is, um, Carlos Condit, he, I thought he retired, and I think he did actually retire, or he was talking about retiring a lot, but he hasn't fought since August of 2017 when he lost to Damian Maya in uh, a not super competitive fight, um, and, uh, you know, people were talking, he was talking about, about retiring, that, and that was after the fight with Robbie Lawler that he had, that he had lost the tough fight, which was uh, just a tremendous fight. Um, and, and so he is back and he's fighting uh, Neil Magny. Uh, you get a little worried when you hear about guys who are like, okay, I'm done. I'm done. You know, I can't do this anymore. And then, you know, several months later, they're back in the cage. Yeah. I mean, it's been a long time, as you said, since we've seen the natural born killer since the summer of 2016. Um, I do agree. I mean, if you 
are having those doubts, as Dana White says, maybe you shouldn't be fighting. Um, but obviously something spurred him on to come in here, take this fight, maybe try to give it one last go at capturing uh, official UFC gold. He was the interim champion at welterweight um, when he beat Nick Diaz for it in the fight. I still think Diaz won. But, <laughs> uh, but nonetheless, Condit's out here fighting. But he's fighting a guy in Neil Magny who – Man, Magny at one point, I think, was a guy really gunning for himself to be uh, a title contender inside the UFC as, you know, he won about seven fights in a row before, of course, Damian Maya put an end to that with a submission. Started building up a lot of momentum, but since he lost uh, to Lorenz Larkin, who's no longer even inside the UFC promotion anymore, now over in Bellator, his career has been all over the place. I mean, a unanimous decision victory against Johnny Hendricks last year around this point. Not the best thing to have on your record. And then getting finished uh, by submission by uh, Rafael Dos Anjos. I mean, obviously Dos Anjos is a game fighter, as we just saw from a couple weekends ago, what he did to Robbie Lawler at welterweight. Um, but still, I think Magny right now is – maybe running down like all those wars to try to get up into that title picture right now. It's starting for him to break down. And while Condit was away dealing with a, you know, a reconstruction of a knee and not as fighting as much, I, I still think he's got enough in him. If things, if he turns on that switch, I don't know if Magni can bring that violence and viciousness out that uh, can survive a natural born killer, Carlos Condit. So I'm going to take Condit here, and I, I'd like to see Condit at least try to give it one more run at a UFC uh, welterweight championship. All right, so that is this weekend, and I will have play-by-play on fightgameblog.com of that show, um, which I think it's going to be. I think it's going to be a fun one, and I'm just I'm pretty excited for that main event. Uh, not sure how long it lasts, but I think that's just going to be a crazy crazy uh, fight to end the year for the ufc um i think i think so too and i guess if cyborg wins we have to put her as the obviously the greatest female fighter ever i mean uh beat gina carano beat holly Holm, who beat ronda rousey i mean wouldn't we have to put her up there uh, yeah i think so um i mean she's always gonna have questions about her because of the steroid issue yep but um I think you would. I think you. Def- I, yeah, I think you would have to. You know, there, there. Women's MMA is still so young that um, there will be somebody who's better than her because it's just going to evolve. But at this point, I think that's what that's what you would have to do. Yeah, I I, to- I totally agree. All right, so uh, let's quickly uh, let's quickly maneuver over to uh, the Tokyo Dome show uh, January the fourth. 2018 Russell Kingdom 12 just quickly want to get your thoughts on a couple of the matches here um, I think the show uh, will be pretty good as it usually is um, last year's uh, 2016 version was my favorite show of the year uh, the 2017 version uh, of the show was also uh, pretty good with the Omega uh, Omega Okada match that you mentioned um, so you're always going to get a good show it's going to be a little long um, and I think the you know the last couple of matches usually sort of defines how great of a show it is. Um, and those last two matches, one of them is Kenny Omega and Chris Jericho. When you first heard 
that Jericho uh, was in Japan and and doing the angle. Um, what did you think? Like, did you expect it? Were you surprised? Uh, was was Jericho able to pull off the uh, the unthinkable yet again? Well, when I first heard about the match and saw the video, I honestly wasn't sure if it was real. Like, <laughs> I thought it was some excellent Photoshop of some stuff, uh, like with the promotional stuff, uh, uh, posters and uh, all the other types of merchandise like that for the show. But um, when Jericho hit the ring and attacked Omega, uh, that was that was excellent. Like. Within a matter of two days, Chris Jericho and Kenny Omega have easily set up the best angle of 2018, and it's not even 2018. Uh, I, th- I think Jericho is always a master at reinventing himself and always a master of, at getting his opponent onto the level that he's at um, with not having to do a lot of the you know, the, the magic and the, the, the smoke and mirrors type stuff. He's just such a natural talent like that. Um, I mean, it's crazy. Just two kids from Winnipeg that have the whole wrestling world wanting to see what their match is going to be like. So, Chris, I think everyone is excited to watch this match. Even Kenny Omega knows that, like, he, he said in an interview, I believe, today that, like, Okada and Naito should go on last because, um, you know, he's obviously never beat Okada and never beat Naito to uh, win the G1. But I think everyone's going to watch to see what Jericho can do with Omega and they're really they're promising this to be one of the best matches uh, of the year. So that just puts a standard on what 2018 has to bring. So uh, Jericho in a big match never disappoints, and same with Omega. Do you think? All, all that being said, do you think there's a there's a lot of pressure? Um, and I, I I'm just going back to um, before WrestleMania 32. Um, I'm at. Uh, I'm at Wally Mania, so that would have been the Thursday night, I believe. And um, and I uh, I think I think what did I do? Oh, uh, I had I had Meltzer with me, so I had to drop him off back at his hotel. And um, what I was waiting on was Jericho kind of cornered Big Dave and was just asking him about you know about the match with AJ Styles and just you know. They were just talking about that stuff, but what what Dave had told me was that he had been talking to Jericho email or whatever, and that you know they were they were they were going you know Jericho was just kind of wondering like what what should I watch what should I watch uh, with AJ, but he was so confident in his skill for the match that I, I think he was still like you know what like I think there's high expectation but this is a WWE WrestleMania match you know and so there's it's different I'll deliver and I didn't really like that match that much I thought it was okay and so for this year what I wonder from Jericho is you know he has an opportunity like obviously the 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 work rate uh, of of a, of a, a Kenny Omega. Uh, match is going to be high because Omega goes a thousand miles an hour and he's uh, doing all kinds of stuff and he's going to do running dives on Jericho and you know Jericho's just going to have to keep up and what I worry is that in trying to keep up does Jericho maybe not uh, maybe are are the wrestling fans going to be too harsh in accepting Jericho in the in this format when it comes to the overall uh, how, how good the match is the match quality and so I'm a little bit worried about that like there's a high expectation you know Jericho 
theoretically, if Omega was in WWE, Jericho would really probably slow him down a little bit rather than try to wrestle at his speed. But because this is New Japan territory, Jericho's got to keep up with Omega. Like, it's really an interesting way to think about how they do this match. And and I just wonder if he's going to be able to uh, keep up and, and, and to fulfill the high expectations from this audience. I think if anyone can, I mean, obviously, is Chris Jericho going to match speed for speed of Omega? Maybe not. I mean, he is the older wrestler, but I think a lot of people forget about Jericho's background, that this is a guy that world traveled over. He can do any different style, whether it was, you know, working Lucha in Mexico or working that catches catch can style in Germany or just that hybrid style in ECW and then just mixing it all in to be uh, the solid sports entertainer with his time in WCW and WWF slash E. I mean, Chris Jericho can fit into anything. I think because it's Chris Jericho, I don't think anyone's going to give him the flack as per se anyone else coming over from WWE with a name to take on Kenny Omega in in a New Japan show. Okay, so now let's uh, think about it this way. Um, Kenny Omega had, I don't know, three or four or two or whatever you want to call it, five-star matches in 2017. Um, When's the last time Jericho has had a a four-and-a-half-star match? Well, it would be a long time ago, but I'm trying to think. Maybe it would be when he worked uh, Rey Mysterio at the Bash in, like, 2011, 2012. (laughs) I was thinking thinking that – um, I was trying to remember if any of the Punk matches uh, were were that high quality. Remember when he had the feud with Punk for a little while? He had the feud with Edge that I thought was good, but maybe they didn't have that one great match. Um, I, you know, obviously the the, the Shawn Michaels stuff from what was it? Oh nine or or whatever. Oh eight, yeah, and oh eight, oh nine, yeah, yeah. That that stuff was awesome. But yeah, you know, so he's got his work cut out for him because. You know, the sort of the expectations are a little bit different on on Kenny Omega's playing field. And, you know, you've already you've already maybe maybe my thing is like maybe the whole plan is Jericho also knows that he's not, you know, super work rate Chris Jericho that he was, you know, 10, 15 years ago. But he's going to incorporate a lot of the storytelling in here. And that's also what New Japan's just kill WWE in in their own game is just storyline and and building up drama and matches. I think that's also something they're really trying to tell the dynamic for it being a no DQ scenario as well, I think will help add to that as well Uh, in, in the drama and uh, you know, can, will Kenny be out there really making Jericho beg for mercy when Jericho has been the heel. So I'm very interested to see the dynamic that we get from this match. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. I, 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 um, I think it'll be good. I just don't know that it can meet expectations. But hey, you know, maybe maybe Jericho will be able to uh, turn back the hands of time and and show us uh, a Jericho of ten years prior. That, that would be great. I mean, everybody, you know, guys can have that one. You know, he wasn't asked to do this in a day in and day out with WWE, right? Like. It, like th- that wasn't the style that wasn't what was asked of him. So he was not going to give that to to folks. And now that is being asked of him. So maybe he will be able to do so. 
Um, the main event for the show is Okada versus Naito. Um, it, it definitely feels like uh, it's time for Naito to get that belt. Um, and I, I think Okada, like I said, has been just such a fantastic champion. Um, Naito has had it once before. Um, and, uh, I don't know if he necessarily considers that, you know, the, the run that, uh, that, that he wants with that title. Um, and so, um, what do you think? What, what is your expectation for this match? Other than, you know, I, I imagine that it's going to be fantastic. Well, I ex- obviously it's going to be fantastic, but I don't know. I mean, Naito has felt like. He really like he should be the next guy i mean as you said he was champion before but only held that belt for 70 days where okada's on run four and almost at at right now currently 555 days as champion so it feels like maybe they're gonna switch the title but who knows maybe they're waiting for someone else maybe they're waiting for that jay white to develop or uh, anyone else but if any time right now for a title change i right now would be naito i mean he's so over his run as you know just him when he was champion like throwing the belt up in the air like i don't give a shit about this belt <laughs> was great he's kind of i mean still doing the same thing he's super over i would expect maybe that but new japan also when you expect oh it's the big show the champion that's held the belt for a long time is going to drop it they pull the opposite and then Okada just going to find a way to win and hit a rainmaker and go on to be champion for another day. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I'm intrigued. I'm completely intrigued because my expectation is that it's time for Naito to win. But there were there there were a, a couple of um, uh, of Wrestle Kingdoms where I thought Okada should have beat Tanahashi. And I was like, oh, it's time, it's time. And they're like, nope, it's not time. Uh, Tanahashi yeah, going to exactly. win this match. Um, which, you know, which worked out great. I mean, it was, it was, it was perfect. Um, but yeah, so I, I, I think, I think that will actually be match of the night over the Jericho Omega, but, um, the Jericho Omega match has actually done something that I never thought would happen, which is people who are solely WWE fans and who don't really care about any other, uh, type of wrestling, uh, I hear them talking about it, and it's actually kind of crazy because they're like, oh, yeah, you know, Jericho and Omega. So in a sense, to me, what this match is doing, it is putting Kenny Omega uh, on the map a little bit with people who who wouldn't necessarily know who he is, and that's all thanks to, to Jericho and, and the work that he's done um, in, in building this up. So kudos to, to, to Jericho for doing that. Um, it's funny because he's then going to go back to Vince and go, oh, hey, you know, I just... I just helped make Kenny Omega even more popular, and uh, you're probably <laughs> you're gonna have to negotiate with this guy at some point. And I just made gave him more leverage. <laughs> exactly, and it'll be interesting to see if this trend does continue. Of you know, a certain WWE level type guy going over to New Japan and getting the interest level for WWE fans into New Japan because. I think obviously with New Japan being this healthy and continuing to grow stronger, it only helps wrestling because WWE as of the past, you know, five months has been kind of rough to just rely on. And, you know, there's no no real major player to give them a run in North America as Impact or TNA or whatever the hell they're called now. They're dead and Ring of Honor is the only other thing. And who knows if they're not even going to get bought by WWE at some point. 
Come on, you weren't a fan of Clash of Champions? <laughs> no, no, I was not a fan of Clash. You mean most useless pay-per-view of all time? That was a bad show. That and was a bad show. Then the next pay-per-view that actually comes to San Jose is next year's Clash of Champions. And I was like, nope, because it is the last show before Royal Rumble, which means they they don't care about that show. So I'm not going to that show. But I might go to um, Survivor Series in L.A. With next year. And uh, that would be – so I, I've been to – I've been to a Rumble. I've been to Survivor Series. I mean, SummerSlam. I've been to Mania. Have not been to Survivor Series yet. So that's kind of that. I'm kind of in- interested to go to that one. Yeah, I haven't been to any ma- major pay per view yet. But if I did, the one I want to, I'm waiting for that Rumble to come to Canada. Yeah, Rumble's fun. It's it's fun to try to keep up with what's going on in the ring. Sometimes it could be a little bit hard, but you know, you know, the Rumble that I went to was the one where. Uh, Cena and Batista were the last two guys, and Vince McMahon ran into the ring and blow up, blew out <laughs> both of his quads. <laughs> and that's was that in uh, California? It was in Fresno, the great oh. city of Fresno, California, which ah. which is better known as it's not really known as Fresno, Fresno around here. It's known as Fresno. <laughs> Fresno, also the site of the 96 Royal Rumble with uh, uh, Sean winning the second Rumble and Brett Undertaker. So, I mean, California's had a lot of them, too. Uh, I was I've been on the network just keeping up with stuff from like 20 years ago to the date. Uh So I just watched the 98 Rumble from San Jose. Oh, yeah. And I was wondering, well, yeah, that one. No, I was not. um, I was not at that show, though. Um, I probably should have been, um, but, uh, yeah, like I, I, I remember just thinking about like, you know, not to say that I was out of the wrestling scene, but I was in college and, you know, wrestling wasn't as important to me as it was a few years earlier. And the show, I was like, oh yeah, the show should be fun. I'll watch it on TV. And then I was like, wow, I really should have been there to see the, uh, <laughs> to see Austin and, and, uh, Mike Tyson. Well, you wouldn't really see Mike Tyson, but just that whole thing. that seemed like a kind of a special show to be at for that, for that year. It was, except uh, man was a lot of it pretty rough to get through. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's that whole era, right? Like for whatever reason, the attitude era just like was the peak, but Oh, there was so much bad stuff during the attitude era, man. Wait, well, WCW, uh, as WCW 98 is literally like, oh, God, it's so rough to get through. Like, Nitros are three hours. They added Thunder. <laughs> oh, God, WCW in 98 was so convoluted and, and horrendous. There's some obviously great stuff with, like, the rise of Goldberg and uh, Diamond Dallas Page and, like, Raven and Benoit having some killer matches and ben, Benoit and Booker T, but... The NWO stuff, by that point, I was, I think, a little tired of, and I was eight. Yeah. <laughs> so I was, I was done. I was, I was totally switching back over to WWF with Austin McMahon and basically everyone on the card being interesting. Well, yeah, it wasn't, it, it wasn't a hard choice either. Um, no, it was not. All right, man. Well, uh, thanks for coming on and uh, have a, have a good new year and all that jazz and i'm sure we'll we'll talk more in 2018 uh, about this stuff but uh yeah thanks for being on yeah no problem always happy to come on and 
chat some wrestling with you. It's going to be a real interesting 2018 as uh, it really is. It now gets really fun again, especially for the WWE side of things where we're at this stage. We're on the road to WrestleMania. Exactly. Rumble. Rumble is going to be. Uh, it, it's it, it'll be cool to see what they come up with if Ronda Rousey's involved. If you know, usually they bring back some old names for the Rumble. They try to bring back some surprises. There's talk about Big Dave Batista wanting one more run in WWE. You know, who are they going to try to steal from New Japan this year? Who comes up from NXT? Lots of lots of intriguing things, but. I just wish they would spread them out uh, a little bit more instead of it just being about WrestleMania and then a little bit about SummerSlam and then we don't care about anything else. I agree, but that's their mentality. And, you know, now they're trying this mixed tag tournament for the Facebook. So it'll be interesting to see what happens. Yeah. And the XFL could come back. Oh, my God. You're, you're, you're very happy about that, I can tell. I'm very interested. It'd be maybe the XFL can tell us what a catch is now. <laughs> yeah, the NFL's really bad at that right now. They really are. All right, man. So thanks to uh, Jason for hanging out with us. Uh, I'm Double G. Like I said, we will have our year-end awards uh, on Fight Game Blog. I will also have UFC 219 play-by-play this weekend as well. So see you when we see you in 2018. Peace out.